In fact, I mean, when I started the company and, and Larry said he wanted to do online accounting, I had to go out and buy an, an accounting book. But uh, fortunately, we quickly hired a product manager. And that actually, that first product manager gave me a gem of wisdom about analytics that we follow to this very day, which is that a lot of products focus on getting the data in, which is great. It's great to have the data in, but it, that's only useful if you can get the data out. That's why they have these systems. Right, right. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. And we are at Sweet World in Las Vegas talking with Evan Goldberg, the Executive Vice President of Oracle NetSuite. Evan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having us here at this conference. It's been wonderful getting to meet your customers. I always love coming to events put on by software developers and vendors because we get to actually talk to the customers. Uh, and David and I were out wandering the strip last night, heading over to a, uh, a happy hour. And we ran into a customer, Frisbee. Well, they don't call it Frisbee. It's Frisbee like Golf. Disc Golf. Disc Golf. Disc Disc golf. Disc golf. Manufacturer. And uh, he's the chief IT guy there. And I said, how long have you been on NetSuite? And he said, oh, it wasn't called NetSuite. It was called NetLedger. Yeah, well, that's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's way back. What, what is NetLedger? Well, that was the original name of the company. You know, what happened was this was my sort of second startup. My first one was sort of my mandatory Silicon Valley failure. So I checked that box, but I did learn a ton about running a company. And, you know, one of the most salient uh, learnings was that there weren't great tools for fast growing companies for all aspects of your business. So we were running our business on sort of a smorgasbord of different tools, QuickBooks for accounting and Yahoo stores, if you remember that, for our web store. And we had a sales package, like a, a small business sales package. And our, we were doing our support basically out of someone's email inbox. And I just couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't get great information about my business. So Larry Ellison was uh, kind enough to help support me on that first venture. And he called me one day and asked, uh, how things were going. And I said, they're not going great, but I have this great idea. I want to build systems for businesses. And he's like, OMG. I'm sure he didn't say that, but that was the <laughs> essence of it. You. That's exactly what I've been thinking about is, you know, we need to do an online system for, you know, managing the accounting of, you know, small companies. And it's got to be delivered completely online because, Nobody wants to deal with databases and all that stuff, which I thought was um, some great self-awareness on his part. And, <laughs> and this uh, was at the time when Oracle was selling on-prem databases. Yeah, yeah totally, yeah, right. totally. So, he so, saw the end yeah, of that. He's, well, it just, yeah, he, he definitely had the vision for the cloud, though, of course, it wasn't called that then. And I said, well, I, you know, what I'm most interested in is, is sales. Like, I want software for sales to see where my next deal is coming from. And he said, oh, yeah. We'll have to do front office, but first we should do back office, your accounting, because that has all your products, your, your, uh, your people, you know, all, all, all that sort of key information. And so we right then decided to do an entire suite, and he was really, really focused on it being an online offering. He said, that's how all software is going to be delivered in the future. Well, at least for the next thousand years. I can't predict after that, but... Uh, so he was very, you know, very committed to that. I was very committed to make it, you know, sort of an entire suite. Nevertheless, we were starting with accounting and we wanted a simple, easy to understand name. And so it was NetLedger, you know, kind of online 
um, accounting delivered as a service anytime, anywhere. So this is an interesting piece of cloud accounting history because you wanted to build something for the sales side of your business in a, a suite. You knew accounting was kind of important, but it was really Larry Ellison's, the one that put his foot on the ground and said, build cloud accounting. Right. And, you, and, and really the first wait, guys, right? Yeah, yeah no. Like, it was, it was we wouldn't in, exist. This is the cloud accounting podcast. Like, it's all because of Larry. <laughs> Pretty much. Because, I, you know, and, and um, fortunately, there was a gentleman that was interested in doing sales software online. And he came up to me a few months later, Mark Benioff, and said, oh, I'm going to do one of these internet startups too. And we're going to start, you know, we're going to do sales on the web. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. You should well, definitely do that. And that was your initial inclination, right? So yes, yes. Do, do you ever regret not starting with CRM and starting uh, with accounting? No, because, you know, as we look at our business now, it really does all start with the back office and with ERP, for lack of a better term. That's typically what brings customers to NetSuite. And we did change the name, eventually figuring out Maybe we should name it what actually the entire thing that we're going to do. Um, and so, you know, the fact that we have that strong uh, history there and, and that, you know, really strong offering there, I think is, is critical to make people's transitions uh, to NetSuite as smooth as possible. Well, and one marker of success in that approach is you mentioned in the keynote, 65% of tech IPOs happened on NetSuite in 2021. That is a lot. Yeah, and obviously there's a ton of activity going on there, but we have a long history um, with tech companies and, and building their business. And of course, we were one. So, you know, one of the reasons that was sort of one of our earliest verticals uh, software was because we were using it ourselves. In fact, that was one of the sort of seminal moments um, in the history of NetSuite, NetLedger at the time, was when I pulled in our QuickBooks file. Because, yes, for the first five months or something of the company, um, we were running on QuickBooks. So I pulled in our QuickBooks file so we could basically be the first customer of our own system. And I was sitting at home and I saw basically a dashboard of everything going on in my business. And I realized I can get this anytime, anywhere. And then I was like, that's what Larry's talking about. Yeah, this is, this is going to work. Well, and you had faith in that because you had a relationship uh, with Larry Ellis and you didn't just call him up one day, right? No, no. that's true. Not, even at that time, it would have been difficult. Um, you worked at, well, you went to Harvard, majored in computer science? Uh, applied mathematics. Applied mathematics. Yeah. Okay. So even more hardcore. And then you went to work at Oracle. Right. Then you were there for eight years or so. And, right. then, and then you left and did your startup. And that's when you had the, the realization that uh, this could be a lot better than was, was the word you used uh, a hairball? Somebody yeah, used that's the term. exactly right. I mean, we, that's a term we've used o over the years to describe what a lot of companies sort of the situation they find themselves in when they start adopting lots of different solutions for different parts of their business, and then they try to stitch it all together. And that's the world actually that we kind of live in right now, David, in the, in the cloud accounting podcast world. A lot of businesses on... It's like build your own tech stack, right? Exactly. Some companies might like to do that, but most don't. <laughs> Well, most are forced to, right? Because there isn't a, a NetSuite. Right. Um, there are something like 27,000 businesses on NetSuite today, but that is a, you know, a, a small percentage of all the small businesses. There's millions of small businesses. Right. And I'm curious, you know, what, what are your plans to grow even bigger? I mean, there's obviously a lot of opportunity I think one I think I was at the partner dinner last night or the partner drinks or whatever you want to call this, <laughs> right? And uh, th so I think a couple of them are saying that you plan to, double in size in the next two years, three years, the number of customers? I mean, without like, the, how are you going to do yeah, that? I mean, that's sort of the scale, uh, you know, a good, a good, maybe a decent measure of the scale of growth that we expect without, you know, necessarily promising that. Um, so, I mean, part of it is, 
it's hard to reach smaller companies. And, you know, we do a lot of work on, on trying to get to them, obviously online. And, but ultimately, you know, the best thing we can do is do a great job for our customers and have them tell other customers, you know, or as they move from one company to another, say, you know, NetSuite worked great for us as we, as we grew. And, and, you know, ultimately, I think that's going to be um, the best way to reach the most, the most companies. So, so let's talk about the new features, the, the big announcements. We, we like to nerd out about the, uh, the new stuff that's coming. Cool. Sweet banking. That's pretty enormous. Um, there's a lot to dig into there. There's accounts payable, accounts receivable, expense management. It's almost like treasury management in there too. Virtual cards yeah. and international payments, right. which is the virtual. Yep. So the idea is, well, maybe you can kind of summarize it for us. Um, what, what is the idea of sweet banking from a accounting and finance user experience standpoint? Like I'm a CFO, right. controller, like what does right. that mean for yeah. me? Well, so it's sort of cliche that cash is king, um, but you know, knowing your cash position at all times and then being able to optimize your cash flow for the, is, is critical to achieve the things that you want to achieve. You may need to open new stores and obviously or you may need to invest in inventory, whatever it is that you want to invest in, you need to know where that money is going to come from. You need to be able to sort of forecast in the future what cash is going to look like. But, you know, in terms of doing that, one of the critical functions that, you know, accounting departments perform is just uh, the basics of dealing with the bank. And um, every type of organization, for-profit, not-for-profit, everybody has to deal with their bank. And we want to make that as easy and seamless as possible, basically, so that you can concentrate on the things, you know, sort of the strategic products projects that are important to your business. One of the, you know, critical things that you do is obviously reconciling your bank account with, um, you know, all the actual operations in your business. And, you know, that's one of the key parts of sweet banking is the automated bank feed coming from your bank and then automated reconciliation. We showed that uh, today uh, where, you know, basically we can as quickly as possible and sort of on a continuous basis, you can find out where you stand in your cash position, know whether you may need some working capital, for example, to do the things you want to do, and then actually being able to rely on the data in NetSuite to help you know, basically communicate with your bank and, the, and their, uh, you know, make them confident that they can give you that, give you that working capital, of course, with your permit, with your permission. I think banks have been kind of the downfall of uh, accounting systems for a long time now, because the data is often so out of date. It's either they're waiting for transactions to clear, and then we have to reconcile them. So by the time you actually do that in most organizations, you know, you're, you're weeks away or weeks past, right? So, I guess uh, my question with this is, you know, like the, the first partner is HSBC. That's who you're launching this with. How do you get the other banks on board? Because there's something like 3,000 banks right. in I the mean, U.S. Yeah, like, and, and, and we're going to, you know, methodically uh, go through and talk with, you know, other potential banking partners. And there's, you know, next generation banks, obviously, that are being created. So, you know, we're, but we're going to go where our customers are. It's basically going to be, you know, one of the things, though, that was great about HSBC is their global footprint. And that's one of those sort of animating events that happens to a business that may make them want to adopt NetSuite because we have very powerful multi-subsidiary, multi-currency uh, capabilities. Uh, so it really matches, you know, why people are adopting NetSuite and what they want to do. They want to transact, you know, anywhere in the world in the local currency like they had a bank account there without actually having to open a bank account. And that's an important point. Like one of the, the big um, differentiators of NetSuite or reasons that people move or companies move to NetSuite is that 
I've got international subsidiaries. I've got multi-currency all over the place. I've got to consolidate all this stuff. So you're really focusing on that then with a bank that that is designed for that. Exactly. Is it going to be an open API? Like, can anyone, can any bank connect to you or do you have to build it for every bank? Like, how's well, it going to work? even with the initial, um, you know, version of Sweet Banking with our HSBC partner, we'll still be supporting your bank account wherever it is in terms of like, you know, being able to automate, you know, payment on the AP side or receive payment on the on the AR side. As we move forward, we'll talk to other banking partners and and undoubtedly develop unique offerings based on their unique offerings. So really, you know, try to fit it to uh, what they're all about as a bank. Got it. So if I'm at Chase, I can still use Chase and HSBC is just going to facilitate the transactions going back and forth. Exactly. Okay. So a lot of the features you guys are adding, like QuickBooks, Zero, they kind of had these features for a decade, right? Bank feeds is an example, or right. scanning of bills, um, payroll, uh, sending an invoice with a button to pay now, right? What's driving those changes now in NetSuite? Like, is it is it customer demand? Is it like, hey, we've finished all the backend stuff finally, now we can work on the front end? Like, why all these changes now? That You know, I think there's some of that. I mean, there's so much we've had to build and so much, for example, industry functionality that we have to build. I mean, you know, one of the things that's unique about NetSuite for products in our market is that we really serve pretty much all types of businesses and nonprofits and we have extensive functionality, which turns out to be really useful when you talk to the companies of the future because they're not, they don't fit into these sort of narrow niches uh, as companies did in the past. One of the companies I uh, interviewed uh, this week was Modsy. They're an online uh, design service uh, that lets you do interior design. You take your phone and you scan your room and they develop a th- behind the scenes a 3D model of your room and then a you know a person, a, a designer um, helps choose things based on your tastes that you that you tell them about and then you can pick and choose the things that you want and they sell them to you and ship them to you. So they're a technology company, a services company, and a product company. And so um, I think that, you know, all that functionality that we've had to build over the years, to, you know, has maybe made us, you know, wait a little longer than we would have liked for some of this very horizontal functionality. Uh, and so, you know, but it really was just listening to customers and they said, this is a big time sink for us and we want to focus on, our, you know, our business and strategic things. I think that the sort of labor crunch right now is making people want to get absolutely, you know, make sure their people are working on the most essential functions and not things that can be easily automated. So when you sat down, I think your initial vision was always a suite, everything in one app type thing. So how do you balance that? Because I feel like the pendulum swings in the industry, like put it all in one app, then split it up into as many apps. And then you have this show floor and you have all your partners here, but some of the things like scanning of bills that you, is now built in, you have partners on the floor. Like how do you balance your relationship between what you build versus what you want your partners to build and you know, keep everybody happy? Well, our partners are fantastic and they always find the white space. You know, is again, we can't do everything. And you know, par- different partners at- sort of attack different parts of the problem. Uh, and, you know, again, and ultimately, we look at the most core functions of a business, and those are the things that we're really trying to automate and give you visibility to. But we knew from the beginning we weren't going to be able to do everything. That's why we built a powerful extensibility platform into NetSuite to make it easier for these uh, these partners and these development partners, as well as 
reseller partners to uh, build functionality that's needed by a particular vertical or even by a particular company. So that they, um, I'm sure, will uh, continue to find great ways to, to serve our, our, our mutual customer base. Yeah, I think even when a tech stack of you know half a dozen apps works well, one of the problems you run into is that the data is in lots of different places. Right. And I thought it was perfect that you had Kevin O'Leary as your keynote speaker or one of your keynote speakers at this event because he came with examples of companies in his portfolio that have had to pivot and transition during the pandemic. And he described how uh, they, they thrived because now with, they were building direct relationships with customers and they have all this data and that allows them to do a lot. And it made me think about how and if you're running a separate CRM and then in a separate financial system, you've got two really critical pieces of information that are not in one place. I think most companies are probably in that painful situation, right? Like, and you showed a lot of really neat stuff with, with analytics. Can you describe for us um, what is the benefit of having everything in, in, in the suite? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's sort of, you know maybe you'd say the raison d'etre of, of NetSuite to begin with um, was that, as I said, everything was everywhere, all over the place, scattered. I had like five different customer lists in my first company. I didn't know really, is, is this really a customer? Or is it a prospect? You know, it depended, depended on where I looked. So, and, and again, obviously the resources of smaller companies, they don't have the kind of IT resources to manage all these uh, applications and make them work together. So that's, you know, certainly ultimately some of the, best value that we provide to our customers. And then taking advantage of it in terms of being able to make connections between different parts of your business, track things all over your business. I mean, just to geek out a little bit. Yes, let's do uh, it. We have a, a, a feature called segments, custom segments, where you, you know, whatever it is that you need to track throughout your business, which product line does this represent? Well, you don't want to do that just in your financials. You want to track it right from the very beginning, from the minute they come to your web store. Uh, you you want to know what product lines they're browsing. You want to know what product lines customers are you know most interested in, and then obviously you know from an accounting perspective, you want to see what's generating the most profit. So, with you can create a custom segment called product line and put it all across the suite, and you get sort of exponential value about, uh, by having more of that data um, in NetSuite. And then you know a lot of our customers have or increasingly have proprietary data from their systems. Um, they will often pull that into the suite. We make it really easy to import it. And another thing we announced this week was the NetSuite Analytics Warehouse, where you can mash those up, uh, your different sources of data, because we know that you know not everything is in NetSuite. We want to kind of have as much as possible, but every company is different. Mash up those different sources of data um, and, and use the power of Oracle's you know, data warehouse technology and their analytics technology to make great insights uh, from that sort of comprehensive view. Yeah, that's such a huge difference and advantage of of using an ERP. I mean, I know you don't like the term, right? <laughs> yeah. The, well, it's a little dated, yeah. but um, you know, we know that we have to talk. You know, meet people in the language that they use. So, so you know, by having financial and non-financial, the people data, the whatever you want to track, it can all be brought into this database. Exactly. And I guess that, that makes a lot of sense given that you started out working on databases. Well, in fact, I mean, when I started the company and, and Larry said he wanted to do online accounting, I had to go out and buy an, an accounting book. But uh, fortunately, we quickly hired a product manager and that actually, that first product manager 
gave me a gem of wisdom about analytics that we follow to this very day, it's, which is that a lot of products focus on getting the data in, which is great. It's great to have the data in, but it, that's only useful if you can get the data out. That's why they have these systems. Right, right. And so that's why it's sort of important to sort of start with a view of ultimately what I want is great analytics about my business, great visibility. I mean, if you, you know, today in the keynote, basically everything was a dashboard. We have the item 360, the customer 360, the project 360. These are all dashboards to give you this great visibility into every single aspect of your business. And so that, I guess, brings me to very easily to the next question, which is how do I know when, I'm, when it's time for me to go on to NetSuite? We, we have this debate constantly in the world of small business accounting systems. It's like, when am I ready for ERP or whatever you call it? Yeah. You know, well, how, what it, do you tell people? It, you know, it really differs. There's, there's an event typically or, you know, something that just you've pushed the boundaries of the existing system that you're using or systems that you're using to, to the limit. Sometimes um, that is that your system has grown, uh, your company has grown way more complex. You don't know everybody in the company anymore. You don't know all your customers anymore. And you rely more on getting that information out of the system rather than sort of yelling over the wall, especially since you can't do that can't anymore, do that, no. at least for now. Um, and so, you know, sometimes it's a complexity issue. Sometimes it's a scale issue. Um, a lot of times, as I mentioned before, companies decide they're going to go international. They start to do that and they're like, whoa, my system definitely cannot handle this. And, you know, there's a lot of complexity of being international and intercompany uh, accounting and things like that. So, uh, you know, it, it, it differs by industry, obviously. Uh, you know, product companies have, you know, inventory issues that they, they start to uh, run into or supply chain visibility issues. You know, that's something that we've been really, really focused on, obviously, in the pandemic as people have had to pivot and bob and weave for where their, you know, next order is going to be is going to be fulfilled from. So. Yeah, that's why I think, you know, we've seen a lot of companies adopt NetSuite during this time because they, their business suddenly became way more complex. For example, they may have decided to go direct to consumer. And so now they have to juggle sort of their B2B channels with a new B2C channel. And how do they get visibility into, you know, all these different ways that they're selling that they didn't have to worry about before? So accountants and bookkeepers are really the listeners of our show. And honestly, like Oracle is a little intimidating. So what what does uh, NetSuite have in place for accounts or bookkeepers that maybe want to tiptoe their waters into NetSuite? Like, right. like are they going to be intimidated? Are they going to be, you know, well, scared away? I mean, you know, a lot of the terminology is going to be the same as what they used before. And sort of our view of the world, look, I'll be honest, I've always thought sort of the QuickBooks view of the world where it's understandable both by accountants and by sort of the operational or entrepreneurial person and allows them to actually communicate with each other. I think that, you know, accounting and finance teams are really becoming more strategic to, to companies now. And I guess, obviously, as we can automate a lot of the sort of drudgery, they can be thinking about how can we expand profitably, uh, you know, what areas of our business are working better than others, what are sort of some of the hidden patterns behind the accounting data that, that, are, that are important to us. But at the end of the day, I mean, we start with, you know, taking your basic books and putting them in NetSuite. And we've done it, as I said, you know, pretty much 27,000 times. There are some companies that start with NetSuite and we're consist constantly making it easier and easier to start with NetSuite. But we have a lot of experience in migrating people onto the platform. We have been 
working to make that a simpler, less expensive process so you can just get going fast. And, and um, so, you know, we'd love, obviously, for accountants and bookkeepers to take a look at us. If they haven't looked at us for uh, years, I think they'll see that um, it, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be intimidating despite the, the name um, we gotta of get the big of, company. We've got to get rid of that term ERP. That's what scares everyone. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> and I mean, you know, uh, at our, our, one, our keynote today, we talked about really about value streams and obviously managing cash and profitability is for an accounting and finance department is, you know, one of the most important value streams. That's how we're sort of thinking about the world um, rather than these outdated sort of ERP, CRM, HR categories. I mean, we're one system. It all works together. Everybody uses the same system, the accountants, the CEO, the salespeople, you know, they're all working together in NetSuite. So, so speaking of working together, how does NetSuite help? Because I think a lot of people hear the word ERP implementation and a lot of times there's an equal sign failure. Like right. how many people have tried to roll something out, implement something? Like how do, how do you team with your community and your partners to help a small business owner make that transition? Yeah, well, for several years, we've uh, been building something we call Sweet Success, which is all about uh, taking the best practices. You know, we have 27,000 companies. Very likely we have a bunch of companies that look somewhat like you. Not exactly like you, every company is unique but somewhat like you. We've packaged up our experience in that into best practices so that, you know, we basically give you a checklist of like, you know, is this something that you have to deal with in your business? Oh, well, we have a, we have a solution sort of built in. Here's how it works. Um, we just, you know, basically we, all we have to do is check a box and it's, it's sort of implemented in your NetSuite account. Uh, so, you know, rather than having to ask you, every single little thing about how does this work now and we want to you know make it work exactly the same i mean you know there is an opportunity w without going overboard to you know re-examine some of your processes and use best practices as you move to a more sophisticated system and that's one of the reasons we've been able to greatly lower the cost uh lower the time and massively increase the probability of success which is already high but now you know we get everybody through the process well and the good news is once you get on NetSuite can theoretically scale with you indefinitely, right? That's the. I mean, we have customers pushing millions and millions of transactions a month through the system. We're built on Oracle's premier database hardware in their Oracle Cloud infrastructure data centers. So, yeah, we're ready for whatever hyper growth uh, you can figure out how to do. Well, and that's why the. Uh slogan is what powering growth or exactly exactly so obviously you get benefits of being part of oracle but what does oracle get from you like what are you bringing to oracle's culture i mean obviously your ui like i i had to use oracle expense back in the day and your screens don't look like that yeah. i'll tell you that well we're you know what's really interesting is when i came back into oracle uh Five years ago, I, I did not anticipate at all that Oracle would be working to be a leader in uh, business user experience. And they've really done a 180. Um, and Larry appreciates that. He's like, yeah, if I'd try to convince you of a, a, that, you would have tried to have me committed. But um, it's been actually amazing working with them on this. And I think it's been a very, very collaborative effort because obviously ease of use is paramount for us probably more so than any other of Oracle's customers so they you know they're looking at us and our customers for inspiration but we're really working together with them and that's some of the things that we showed at the show were the results uh, especially today with some of these sort of extraordinary new user experiences one of which was bank reconciliation you know that's something that's been a result of collaborating with Oracle I, mean, I would say like if all the features I saw that somewhat unique that I have not seen in cloud accounting before is that bank reconciliation screen you've kind of reinvented instead of a list of trends transactions, you've 
turned it into a graphic. And I don't, how would I describe this graphic? It's almost like audio, ge- almost like geographical, like box. You probably know the name for the chart, right, Evan? I, I actually Stats don't know class. exactly <laughs> what the chart is, but you know, obviously, you know, vi- you know, for a lot, you know, for most people, you know, visual uh, description or uh, uh, communication of information is is more effective, you know. And of course, everybody that's in a finance department is good with numbers, but when we went out and talked to them and we showed them that they were like, no, that's better. That's way better. I can so easily hone in on the things that are most important because they're bigger. (laughs) Yeah. Like you said, um, we can be more strategic, manage by exception, not be down in the nitty gritty of reconciling individual transactions. Actually for our listeners, that's the way to think about this. If, if you have a transaction that's not matching in your bank feed, imagine if the font or it's not a font, it's really just a big box, but it, it well, took up 70% of the screen, yeah. and the, the bank fees for $2 were just little, yeah. little lines and, I mean, on your screen you know, instead of all being if, 3D. If you quick. get everything but the little tiny things, you're going to be pretty close to reconciled. And during the month, before the month then closed, that's what you want to be. And you know, actually, we report the, you know, kind of a tolerance interval. Like, this is, this, is the, you know, this is the least amount of cash that you can rely on having, which is what you really want to know. I don't want to go underwater. Um, and so if you can reconcile easily during the course of the month, uh, you know, even on your phone, these big, uh, discrepancies, um, that's really going to get what you need on a day to day basis. And then, you know, once a month you can go, okay, I'll get these little tiny ones dealt with now. No, that it's so smart because we tend to get lost in the weeds. Like David said, we'll, we'll spend every transaction is equal, right. but they're not. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, Evan, thank you so much for your time. David and I have been speaking with Evan Goldberg, EVP founder at Oracle NetSuite. We're here at Sweet World in Las Vegas. And uh, to all our listeners, check it out next year. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you.